It's January 17, 2018, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First up, we have Mark Huckel here to tell us about the upcoming Pacific Telecommunications Council Annual Conference. Then Shinoa Farnsworth from Blue Startups is here to tell us about the upcoming East Meets West Conference. And then we'll learn about the Keiki Co. Business Competition from Kaiser High School seniors Kelly Chenin and Jacob Hibberley. And, of course, uh, American Savings Bank President and CEO Rich Wacker is also here. But first up, yes, let's welcome Mark Huckel. He's here to tell us about the annual PTC conference. It's that time of the year again. Welcome. Thanks, Bert and Ryan. Yeah, so now tell us, how many years has this been going on? This is going to be actually a milestone conference uh-huh. for us. It is our 40th anniversary. 40! Well, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And this is a very large event, and it's uh, global but Pacific certainly in focus. About how many people come to the conference? We're looking uh, this year probably about 2,200 in the registration for the program and likely around 7,000 in the surround, the mm-hmm. business surround. Hmm. Are you, uh, you know, the PTC has always covered basically telecommunications in the whole, you know, Asia-Pacific area. Are there any new happenings or new developments that you might want to focus on? Yeah, you know what's interesting about this year, I was kind of reflecting on that with a couple of other, other people the other day. And, you know, often we talk about what's the hot topic of the year or what is, you know, the latest mm-hmm, uh, this mm-hmm. and that and the other thing. And what's really remarkable this year, I think, is that there's a whole confluence of new kinds of uh, uh, technologies that have are evolving from the concept stage into actual practical application now. And uh, it's, it's terms you may have heard about already, right, and even talked about on this show with others, and that is the newest uh, generation of mobile, mm-hmm. uh, 5G. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we are seeing uh, a lot more activity in the Internet of Things uh, that's actually starting to happen. <laughs> and it, it was mostly concept before. Uh, and then a whole lot of other things that are kind of in the background, I think, in terms of uh, network development, in terms of software-defined networks and software-defined everything, actually, uh, in telecommunications and information communication technologies. So, Mark, I have to ask you, will there be a panel, a rush panel on emergency preparedness uh, disaster <laughs> alert systems? You, you would think there would be, wouldn't there? Be <laughs> <laughs> <The> timely. <laughs> that, I, I think there's certain officials within this state that would like to avoid that. But uh, um, there, are, there are certainly uh, a lot of discussions that always happen around emergency communications technologies at, at the conference. Now, I love the fact that uh, the PTC always attracts all the uh, major players in the whole Asia-Pacific arena. But I need to ask you, Mark, where does Hawaii fit in this broadband-connected world? I mean, are we prepared, you know, whether it's fiber or 5G? Where are we? Um, we're, I wouldn't say we're unprepared, but I, I would say there's, there's really a lot of room for development. Improvement? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you can you speak know, freely. Here. Yeah, no, you, you know, we, we always like to say we're at the center of the Pacific. Mm-hmm, and in one, mm-hmm. of, one of the whole rationale for starting PTC in the very beginning 40 years mm. ago was that this would be a center place to gather for the Asia-Pacific region. And that has actually worked out quite well for the organization mm-hmm. and for the conference every year. What is probably missing in Hawaii is the is – the, it's just sort of a uh, – what uh, a – an amount of activity that would warrant having more cables, more satellite connection, more uh, 
everything, right, that would uh, – we are a small market here, mm-hmm. right, and we are a long ways from everything, and it's easy to bypass mm-hmm. these days. You no longer need Hawaii as a hop, right, and we, we've discussed that and cables and all that. Right. For, and we saw that in transportation years. decades ago. E- exactly. And so that that has always been a bit of a block, right? That doesn't mean we don't have a lot of broadband. A lot of people have made a lot of efforts and very good efforts, obviously, mm-hmm. to bring that, including the university and the telecommunications companies here in Hawaii to provide service to us. But we are not at a, at a critical mass, as it mm-hmm. were, to enjoy the fruits of the really uh, ex, uh, large amounts of uh, data flows that would could otherwise uh, uh, help the situation in Hawaii. Well, certainly Hawaii is fortunate to ha- host this conference, and I think that was a very good answer in the room with a new representative <laughs> from the state's <laughs> own broadband initiatives, Mr. Lum. But uh, this is a big conference. If anybody's uh, even remotely connected to telecommunications, even technology, uh, this is something they should check out because they can connect with this global international Pacific audience. So, uh, Mark, if someone was interested, when is this conference, where does it take place, and where can they register? We are coming up right this week. On We start on Sunday, mm-hmm. and we go through Wednesday, this coming to the 24th. Uh, we have workshops all day Sunday, uh, and then the main conference Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Some terrific keynote speakers coming in, including Juliana Rotish from Africa, who's going to be talking about uh, technologies uh, appropriate to rural communities and community-based uh, 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 availability. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, to sign up, it's at ptc.org. It's as easy as that. Very Fantastic. good. Well, thanks, Mark, for joining us. Thank you. And, of course, now we are welcoming Shanoa Farnsworth. She's from Blue Startups, and she is here to tell us about East Meets West. Shanoa, thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So East Meets West, what? This is the fourth one? This is the fourth Uh annual East Meets West. Yeah. I love this conference. I mean, you bring all the... Kind of cool hipsters from hipsters. Asia. <laughs> Startups. Is that a, yeah, there's investors. hipsters coming. There's going to be hipsters. <laughs> so sure. tell us, what is uh, what is the uh, focus of this East Meets West? Yeah, so I mean the basic premise of East Meets West is that we bring together entrepreneurs and investors from both sides of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. So from Asia and from the U.S. mainland and, of course, connecting that with our local community here in Hawaii. Uh, this year, the few uh, hot topics, if you will, that we're focusing in on, of course, uh, Bitcoin and mm. cryptocurrency, blockchain, uh, all of that uh, going to be really interesting. We have folks that have issued ICOs. That's an initial coin offering. Uh-huh. Um, so they'll be presenting how you raise money doing that. Uh, we have a, a venture fund that is investing only in blockchain technology, a $100 million fund coming out. Uh, Joyce Kim will be talking about that. Yeah, so Stellar, right? Some, yeah, and she was with Stellar. Now she's running the Spark Chain fund, which mm. is a $100 million blockchain fund. So that's definitely the, the hot, hot topic. And then other topics we'll be talking about travel technologies, kind of the future of travel, and uh, impact investing and social impact and entrepreneurship around that theme. Now, Shanoa, this year, in addition to the full day conference that uh, we come together and have these conversations, these panel conversations and keynote speakers, there's a separate piece. There's now uh, kind of a more intensive and yet remote uh, setup. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So this is the first year that we're launching the East Meets West Summit, which is a more intimate event. Uh, It's limited to 100 guests, and we'll be meeting at Kualoa Ranch. So really wanting to give our guests and, of course, our local folks that are participating 
anticipating that sense of place, that Hawaii sense of place that is so unique. Uh, we really want this to be a conference you will never forget, and I think that will that will definitely be the case. Also, one thing that's really special about this conference every year is the level of connectivity that happens. So people stay connected with the folks they meet here year after year after year. It is not a typical conference in the sense that you hand over a business card and never talk to that person again. So we really wanted to emphasize that intimacy. And that's really the special, this kind of secret sauce of this event. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to really even enhance that further by taking them offsite and making the group even smaller. So in terms of uh, getting the people together over at Kualoa, what would you like to see happen maybe in the best case scenario? Yeah, again, what I'd like to see are some lasting business relationships coming out of that. So partnerships being formed, maybe investments being made. Um, You know, this is a great chance to not just get a chance to pitch an investor, but to actually maybe go on an ATV ride with an investor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What better way to, you know, actually get to know them and bond and therefore hopefully do business. Are there any companies that we know of that have maybe gone through Blue Startups or any of the other accelerators that might be participating in that? Yeah, so uh, of course all of our Blue alums are participating, um, you know, have been invited to participate. Yes, Smart Yields will be pitching. Smart Yields, Ryan's company. (laughs) Uh, And along with some other alumni from Blue Startups such as uh, Surf Shop Box Mm -hmm. and Hostfully and Access Point. And then we also have in, um, a bunch of startups coming from Asia mm. to pitch. So we have a startup coming out of um, Indonesia and a startup coming, uh, several startups coming out of Korea um, that we'll also be pitching. So that's the, the East and the West I like kind of showcase for the startup piece. So you mentioned uh, Joyce Kim. Of course, um, local representatives on the panel, on the on the speakers list include Kamuela Inos from uh, Ma'o Organic Farms and Keone Lee, YY Collective. Any other speakers that you wanted to call out? Uh, that some people might recognize or should hear? Yeah, I mean, a really important point is that Kamehameha Schools has really supported this event this year. So we are um, having an entire panel on the Hawaiian perspective Mm. on these issues. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, Of course, Governor Ige will be speaking. um, So we're we're excited to have him back this year. And we also have the the founder of the program that, again, Smart Yields went through in uh, the Vatican. So uh, that's an impact investment-related accelerator. Stephen Forte. Yes. Laudato Si Challenge. That's right. Oh, so nice. that's really exciting. And he's coming, you know, from the other side of the world to join us here exactly. and talk about how they are creating change through entrepreneurship and accelerators. So if anybody who uh, is listening uh, is interested, will they be able to go to the summit or something else? What were, and where would they go to? So, uh, yeah. So the conference, which is February 2nd, mm-hmm. is still available for purchasing tickets. That's and they're only $95 this year. We really lowered the price trying to get it very accessible for hopefully everyone. Um, and, and that's uh, taking place at the... That will be at East-West Center. Okay, East-West yeah, Center. Yeah, the okay. E-Min Conference Center mm-hmm. there on campus at the University of Hawaii. Uh, they can get tickets, again, at eastwest.co. Mm-hmm. Or if you can remember that. It's bluestartups.com. You can find information there, too. Very good. So we will put that up on our show notes later on this evening. Thanks, Chanel, for joining us. Thank you. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Rich Wacker. And he's the president and CEO of uh, American Savings Bank. And, of course, Kaiser High School students Kelly Chinnon and Jacob Heberly. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. 
Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. I've been a long-time listener of Hawaii Public Radio, and I remember in the old days, prior to when we got the translators, out on the windward side where I lived, we couldn't catch KIPO, so I used to sit in my car and listen to the jazz. I'm glad that the signal is stronger now and it's available statewide. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us are Rich Wacker, Kelly Chenin, and Jacob Heberly. Rich, of course, is the president and CEO of American Savings Bank. Meanwhile, both Kelly Chenin and Jacob Heberly are students, seniors, in fact, at Kaiser High School, and they are winners in the high school category of the Keiki Co. Business Plan Competition. And, of course, what was the process to build their business plan? And we want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank yes, you. Thank you Great for having us. us. Yeah. Now, Rich, uh, you know, this uh, this Keiki Co. business plan competition, how long has it been going on, and, and why haven't I heard about this before? Oh, uh, you're not hanging out in the right places. Oh, right? that must be. It's, it's, uh, this is the second time. We do it every other year. Okay. Uh, and it's the key element of our what we call our Bank for Education program, and mm-hmm. it's how the bank supports uh, schools and education, and it's also by building in the Keiki Co. competition to it. It's how we do financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and innovation. And uh, as you know from other conversations we've had, that's a big part of our priority at the bank. How did you, you know, this is a a competition that has high schools, middle schools, as well as elementary schools, and it pretty much has a a pretty large participation. How did you get all the schools to be a part of it? I know, I know you're, you know, you're handsome and, you know, influential, but how how else did you get them all to participate? Uh, We make it worth their while. So uh, through every year that we run the program, we give $190,000 to the schools who participate and who win. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that's the that's the Incentive. attractive part mm-hmm. of it because, as you know, schools are really struggling with state budgets, and this is unrestricted money that they can get to do what they need to do for their school if their team pulls it off. Mm-hmm. Now, Jacob and Kelly, I know uh, you did very well, and we're going to talk about that in a bit, but I want to take you back a little to how you found interest in this competition? Were you members of a club? Did you have shared interest in the same class? Or how did the team come together from Kaiser High School? Um, We were part of the DECA business club that was created, uh, I believe, like 2016. And from there, we heard that there's an American Savings Bank Keikiko competition. And all of us being part of the IB, like International Baccalaureate program, we were all like kind of a friend group already. And we're all like, oh, let's work together if we have the same interest as like business majors or like business in general. Yeah. And what is your interest uh, for future studies now that you're a senior? Um, I'm interested in international business as a major and if or global business and also like management or accounting or finance. And you, Jacob? Um, I'm primarily interested in political science, mm. but um, a lot of the skill sets that um, business offers also carries over into that um, into that subject. So it's also very useful not only to business um, majors, but also to really any area because those skills are really transferable. Now, you mentioned uh, this, this was it DECA club? I mean, what, what was it that the club does? And it's not a... It's a uh, sort of after-school sort of uh, activity. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so DECA um, is a business club, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it has national – it's a national organization, um, and it has different um, organizations within different schools around the country. Mm-hmm. So our Kaiser High School DECA club 
Um, we focus a lot on, again, economic literacy, um, again, uh, kind of business skills. So we enter different business contests. Huh. And we actually operate um, an independent um, milk tea, nonprofit milk tea company called Manatee <laughs> that is student run and donates our profits to the Friends of Hanama Bay organization. Wow. Now, I'm curious, does, uh, does Kaiser actually have a, a uh, sort of curriculum or course pathway that you can actually take sort of business 101 yes, at the um, high school level? Yeah, we have like a CTE um, mm-hmm. option where we. Students are allowed to learn about business skills and all the required necess- necessities. However, like Jacob and I are part of the International Baccalaureate Program, which is kind of a more col- set classes where like we don't really have an option to take classes or other electives. So the, through Keikiko, it really helped us like build more interest towards our business. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So, Rich, can you explain uh, quickly the construct of the competition? Does it does anything go? Would something like Manatee be in the running? How do you s- It could have been, up? but they came up with an even better Excellent. idea. So the, the structure is uh, actually an education program to it as well, where we walk through a series of videos that the faculty will work with the, the teams that have volunteered to put uh, business plans together. They'll go through uh, a series of trainings around how do you look at a business, how do you look at the market, how do you validate it, how do you think about costs and revenues and the opportunity, and they work through it and build up the plan. We had 20 uh, schools and or 30 schools this year and about 200 business plans that got wow. submitted, and we did a, a judging, and these guys were... Uh, that sounds like a lot of reading. Before we get to the specifics of the project, you know, in terms of the the teachers and the mentors that you've developed at the schools, was there a lot of work to get the teachers sort of up to speed with what they would need to do to get students involved? So you would be amazed at the energy that the the teachers have. So mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's exactly why we we run the program this way because we really can find very motivated faculty, very motivated motivated administrators. And it's wonderful to be able to reward them with the grants at the end of it. Mm -hmm. So they're very engaged. And then people from our bank, teammates from the bank, volunteer to go over and help uh, coach and advise the teams as well as we go through it. So, Kelly, I mean, uh, Rich mentioned you could have just gone in with Manatee and made that your business plan. But you said for this competition, we're going to do something completely new. Uh, What was the idea you decided to pitch the business plan? Um, So a lot of us in the group of four, we're all involved in extracurricular sports. So we're often very, we come home very late around like eight or eight thirty nine. So we often have like a lot of problems, like struggles through academics and the classes we take. So we we were thinking about what can help us? And we decided that, hey, maybe we should create an online tutoring where, company where we can learn from tutors, experience, or educated tutors that will help us in, like, through the process of essay writing or any like academic problems we had. So I'm curious, and you know, we'll get to this, but in terms of developing the business plan, how much of the, an actual prototype did you develop in the course of creating the business plan? But we want to hold that thought. Hold that thought. That's a teaser. And so we will be right back after the short break to continue our conversation with Rich Racker, Kelly Chinen, and Jacob Heberly. And we're talking about the Keiki Co. Business Plan Competition. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Moyer Financial and Kaiser Permanente. 
Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Rich Wacker, President and CEO of American Savings Bank, as well as Kaiser High School seniors Kelly Chinen and Jacob Heberly about the Keikiko Business Plan Competition. Now, we were talking about the actual project, the business plan that you created, the uh, classmates, and kind of gave us the framework around which you came up with the idea. And what I'm curious, I saw the, I saw the video. It's pretty cool. How much of the actual let's say, classmates' uh, application was actually developed in terms of uh, when you got to the point of, of showcasing this. Was it just a business plan, or did you have a prototype as well? Um, so we weren't the most skilled with technology, per se, but what we did was we um, used existing resources, like um, our ability to video conference on applications like Skype. Mm -hmm. And so we would use that and um, be able to kind of set up a really rudimentary version of what we would think classic. So you just made do with whatever resources you had (laughs) at your disposal. Exactly. Oh, that's very good. That's very real entrepreneurs. (laughs) So, so Rich, in in terms of um, of judging, how did you go about or your judging team sort of select uh, this particular project? I mean, what was it that stood out to you? Well, I think when you when you look at what they did, there was a really clearly defined need, mm-hmm. a very good solution to to address that need that wasn't available in the market otherwise. They did great research on it. They did surveys of of classmates and students, potential customers to test the viability, the pricing and the things that they were doing on it. And then they just had really clear analytics behind how they would make it work and whether they could make money at it. Mm-hmm. Now, Jacob and Kelly, are, were there other members of your team, uh, Kelly? Um, yes. Um, there are, there's our, another person, Justin Hong, and other Micah Miyashiro, who couldn't be here today. But they were really supportive. They helped just Jacob with like all of the film crew and all yeah, the necessities. I like that there was a multimedia component, but a business plan <laughs> is largely, or am I wrong, a written document? How oh. does a team of four collaborate on a business plan in that way, Jacob? So what we did was we divided it up into different sections. So I kind of handled the marketing um, aspect of it as well as kind of the branding of the um, of Classmate. So this included um, helping to um, design the logo um, as well as um, discover, you know, um, thinking about how we might be able to market this product to our classmates. Classmate. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was kind of difficult to um, work um divide up the work, um, but we were able to have the same kind of idea in mind. And because we were able to have that concrete vision of what we wanted and what market we were targeting, I think that um, our business plan really um, showed that all of us were on the same page together. Now, if I were to put my banker hat on, and of course, you know, Rich is going to look at the performa and Mm -hmm. see how are you going to be actually progressing through the years and how much money, how much revenue are you going to be making? How did you determine that? There were existing. Um, we had we actually had a lot of help from our um, business teacher, uh-huh. Miss Ben, um, and she provided a lot of guidance um, with the um, financial aspect of it. Um, a lot of us um, looked at um, the potential. Um, we we had done some market research mm-hmm. and. Through that, we were able to determine just how much of a demand were, was there for Classmate. And, you know, depending on pricing, what we could um, estimate was our yearly revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, we could figure out kind of our profit. And perhaps with 
um, increased investment in our like infrastructure, mm-hmm. we would probably be able to make even more. Good, so good. it was just kind of in the ballpark, but sure. it was definitely um, an experience. <laughs> a lot of math, Kelly. What was your um, your ingredient brought to the to the mix? Um, so my my opinions and ideas for the project was since I'm involved in sports and like volleyball, mm. and we're all involved in band, we're like very busy. So I was like, hey, why don't we just think about what we can do to help our issue at hand. And I also decided, I also helped out with some of the financial aspects and thinking about how like, how we're going to pay the tutors. How, by paying the tutors, how can we also make money, profit off of the how, how we're getting paid mm-hmm. and all our customers and such. And we decided to create with, come up with different kind of um, tutoring plans and stuff that allowed us to kind of think about what we needed to do. Were you able to do any, uh, let's say, testing out of the use cases, were you able to go and talk to other students about the viability of classmates? Yeah, um, we did a lot of market research prior to developing the product um, because we wanted to gauge if there actually was a market for Classmate. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that there was actually a a significant amount of students who said that they needed late-night tutors. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's really reflective of the um, kind of school that we are. You know, a lot of us are involved Mm -hmm. in a ton of different extracurriculars, whether it be sports or music or different kinds of arts. And again, it leaves us with um, with um, doing homework at about eight or nine p.m., which is um, really bad because mm-hmm. a lot of the tutoring services close pretty early, mm-hmm. so we don't have that same kind of access to resources as others would have to help us get a step ahead. And it leads to a lot of struggles and late night um, <laughs> late night crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. sessions. Mm-hmm. And part of your research, they told you your pricing was too high the first time around, right? Yeah. Um, we kind of overestimated how much people would be willing to pay for it. And I think that that's also really important to think about. you got to really um, gauge what is an, um, what is an appropriate um, price for your product. Yes. Now, Kelly and Jacob, we do want to ask you what's next for you, our favorite question for seniors. But very quickly, Rich, if you can tell us, this happens every other year you mentioned. Right. But this is an opportunity for schools that may not participate or uh, teachers who might want to get right. involved. Um, what's the pathway to become part of the Keikiko Business Plan Competition? So uh, being part of our Bank for Education program, it's reaching out to any of our branches, uh, anybody in, at the bank, and we can connect you to the program. And it's great because... Not only is it this program and the grants that come with it, but in the off years when we're not running the program, the schools have access to other resources. We do volunteer work with them. We do financial literacy training. We have a scholarship program for mm. for high school seniors who are part of the Bank for Education. So it's a really pretty comprehensive program to help the schools. So, out. Rich, uh, the the. the I guess the benefit of winning is that the school will get some money. Now, does Kelly and, and Jacob get any of that money, or does that just go to the school? How does that money get <laughs> they spent? They get the eternal gratitude. The eternal, that's really <laughs> worth a lot of pride. Yeah. But it, for, because of these guys' work, Kaiser got $25,000 mm-hmm. uh, to use as, and I think it's been creative that, the school's taken a lot of their input on how to use that money, too. Mm-hmm. All right, Jacob, so you're a senior, and you mentioned political science. Where are you headed next year? Well, I'm still waiting for some college results to come in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten UH, um, and I'm definitely going to consider that. Um, I think that um, 
while definitely college is something to consider, in the meantime, I'm going to be focusing a lot on my academics in high school as well as um, upcoming extracurricular opportunities like more involvement in DECA and helping to build up the um, business scene at Kaiser. Like and Kelly, I mean, what are you planning to do? Um, I'm really interested in international business, and I know that the Shiloh College of Business does offer a great program, and I did ex- get accepted into the direct MA, so mm-hmm. which is I'm really grateful for, for the University Yay, of Hawaii. great. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so that's a major consideration. I get to be at home in the community. So, yeah, that's an, one consideration that I'm taking highly. Yeah. Now, do you plan to do anything with uh, classmates uh, going forward? Um, hopefully we get to like pitch the idea to whoever, someone who's really interested in creating a business and be work with them and partly kind of... Are you going to be at UH? So maybe you can do a, a business plan competition over at Scheidler. Yeah, maybe if they have an offer of a business plan competition. Or yeah. spin-off of Manatee. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Yeah. Well, of course, Rich Wacker is the president and CEO of American Savings Bank and Kelly Chinan and Jacob Heberly are both seniors at Kaiser High School. And thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks. It was fun. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when I'll be introducing winners from the Agathon, Hawaii's first agricultural hackathon. Yeah, you're going to be doing it solo. And of course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch me here next Wednesday on HPR1, and Bert will be in Tunisia. Yeah, where is that? Well, stay (laughs) safe, and I will try to as well. Ryan will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.